Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. This morning is this great opportunity for us to celebrate Christian baptism in the lives of 21 people, nine in this service, and then 12 more at the 11 o'clock service. Now, when I say celebrate, I really mean celebrate. So this is your prompt. Uh, As the morning rolls along, as we begin to watch the baptisms of each of these individuals, whether we know them personally or not, it's an opportunity for us to celebrate what God has done. And the reason why we celebrate is because it's actually something that God says causes a celebration in heaven. I want us to take a moment this morning and reflect on that celebration by looking at three very famous stories that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. See, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells these three stories that all have a very similar arc to them. Uh, The very first story he tells is in verses 1 through 7, and it begins with this setup. He says, now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to Jesus, And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. In other words, the context was a group of sinful people, people that needed God's forgiveness, people that needed God's grace. Now, some of those sinners in this context were people that were notorious sinners. These were the ones, if you would have taken a poll in the first Jerusalem times, who are the most notorious sinners in our town? Some folks who were gathered around Jesus on that day would have shown up on that list, people that were involved in all kinds of illicit activity. But not only were there those people who were around him, but there was another group of sinners around him. These were the Pharisees. Now, these were those who weren't known as the most notorious sinners of the day. These were those who were actually the most religious people of the day. So we might think of it in in our terms today, where we're talking about some of these folks were people who were outsiders to the church, and some of them were insiders to the church. But when we, we think about their need, it was all the same. They all gathered around Jesus in need of his forgiveness and his grace. And and by that, we could say that every one of us in this room is in need of God's grace, is in need of his forgiveness. Am I right? And so as we gather today, we need to be reminded of these three stories that Jesus tells to a group of people in need of forgiveness. There's three different stories that he tells, and all of them involve something that is lost. In the first seven verses, he tells the story about a sheep that wanders away. And even though the shepherd has 99 others, the shepherd goes and looks for the valuable sheep that is missing. And when that shepherd finds that sheep, this is what it says in verse 6. It says, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And then Jesus adds this commentary, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What Jesus is saying is when somebody who was lost becomes found, there is a celebration that ensues in heaven. Well, the next story that he tells is in verses 8 through 10, 
And this is a story about someone who lost a coin. And the woman who lost the coin, because the coin was valuable to her, she spends all of her time searching around her house in all of the nooks and crannies to try to find that coin. And when she finds that coin, again, a celebration ensues. It says in verse 9, And when she had found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. And then again, Jesus gives the comment, Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then the third story in this sequence that is told is perhaps the most famous. This is found in verses 11 through 32, and this is the story that we know of as the prodigal son. But this is a story about a son who was lost, a son who who walked away from fellowship with his father. And in this story, the father holds out hope for the son. He spends time looking down the road that his son might return. And when his son comes back, the father says in verse 22 to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Friends, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three stories, and he tells them so that we would understand that when someone who is spiritually lost becomes spiritually found in Christ, a party is started in heaven. This morning, we're going to be hearing the stories in this service of nine people who were lost spiritually but have become found in Christ. They were people for whom Jesus loves so much that he would give his life as a sacrifice on the cross for their sins. And then just as Jesus was resurrected from the grave, so too Jesus offers a newness of life to all of those who trust in him. Today we're going to hear the stories of nine people who have come to faith in Christ. And if there's a party in heaven when one who was lost is found, what do you think is happening today? Now, here's the thing. When we talk about people who are lost becoming found, we don't think they become found inside this tank of water. Uh, this, this tank of water is, is a wonderful symbol, but, but it's not the substance of what has happened. Each of these individuals, as you will hear in the stories that they share, have trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. Because of that, they are saved forever. This morning, their baptism is not to add something to their spiritual account, but it's merely to proclaim publicly what is already real internally. You know, the example I use frequently, and I'll use it again, is my wedding ring. My wedding ring is a ring that does not make me married, but when I look down and see it on my hand, it reminds me of the relationship that I have with my wife. In the same way, these nine in this service, as they are baptized, will be able to look back on this event as like a ring that surrounds them and reminds them of the reality of their relationship with Jesus. Romans chapter 6 explains the symbol of the water of baptism this way. Verses 3 and 4, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were buried, therefore, with them by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. I mentioned earlier that in baptism, the nine baptisms in this service will be like, a, they will be giving a message to us. Now, for those who are being baptized, rest easy. I'm not going to ask you to deliver a message today. But merely by being in this water, a message will be given. Because when somebody is in this water and we take them back into the water, it's a picture of their identification with the death of Jesus. They're saying that Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty for their sins. And all that is within them that was worthy of God's judgment was buried with Jesus. And then as we bring them back up out of the water, it's a reminder that they are also connected with the newness of life that Jesus offers. Just as Jesus was resurrected from the dead, they have new life. And even as Bruce taught us last Sunday in our message, even though our lives physically will come to an end, spiritually, those in Christ live forever in the presence of God. Therefore, we celebrate a death and burial and resurrection today, a connection with Jesus Christ. 